You guys, this episode is pure fire. Before you listen to this podcast, if you are sitting down, you need to grab a notebook and you need to grab a pen because you're going to definitely want to take notes. If you are listening while you're walking, take notes on your phone. If you're listening while you're driving, just take mental notes because this podcast is full of knowledge bombs and it's going to really empower you to start making some really good decisions for your your training and your nutrition. In this episode, we're talking about metabolic adaptation. Some people may not know what that is. More widely, people refer to it as your metabolism slowing down or having a broken metabolism. We talk a little bit about reverse diets, but we're going to dive deeper into that in another episode. We talk about why you need to get a coach that listens to you. And we talk also about how your body adapts. We the reason we are able to survive through everything we survive through is because we're adaptable and that's wonderful, but it can work against us sometimes when it comes to losing fat, when it comes to using cardio to reach our fat loss goals. So you guys, if you're looking to change up your training or if you think what you're doing isn't working and you need to implement some changes, listen to this podcast. You are going to be enlightened. I'm sure you're going to have some follow-up questions. So please feel free to reach out to myself and Josh with whichever question that you do have. Listen, take notes, and enjoy. How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Good day, everyone. I am so excited because I've got Josh back. I think I'm going to start referring to Josh as a Fokker. F-O-K, a friend of Kylie. So anyone who like is repeat, they're all going to be Fokkers. <laughs> but so as you guys know, Josh is my coach and I, I want to differentiate between coach and trainer for just a second because he doesn't just tell me what to do. He doesn't just do my program. He really does take a look overall about what's going on. Um, and I just, we'll talk later more about that, but I think it's important that you differentiate between the people that you have helping you reach your goals in your life. Now, today we are going to be talking about cardio, how it fits into you reaching your goals and also something called metabolic adaptation. And I want to say real quickly, a lot of you listening probably have no idea what on earth metabolic adaptation is. You haven't heard that terminology, but I bet you have heard someone say, my metabolism is broken. My metabolism is slow. Um, something of that nature. And that's not necessarily the case. And what is the case is your metabolism has adapted to whatever it is that you're doing. So with that being said, uh, Josh, thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me. Really Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Let's start off. Let's start off with the cardio because these two things actually go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. As you know, I just started a round of my program, Lift to Get Lean, and everybody always wants to know, wait a minute, where's the cardio? Mm-hmm. Where does the cardio fit into this equation? And so I know this is a huge question, a loaded question, but can we start by talking about how does cardio fit into the equation? How much cardio should someone be doing to reach their goals? I f- yeah, I feel like that's a really common question that most people get because we've somehow been 
ingrained with the idea that it's necessary. And for some people, it's more necessary than others because everybody responds differently. But you have to understand that your body will adapt to anything you do. Much like the people who you have coming to you and saying that their metabolism is broken or damaged. It's, it's not broken or damaged. It's just adapted. It's doing what it's supposed to do. It's not just not doing what you want it to do. And so we have to get it to do what you want it to do. And so when it comes to cardio, we experience the same thing where if you have someone that comes to you and they're like, okay, I've been doing an hour of cardio five days a week and um, they've plateaued. Well, you're probably running your metabolism super low because it's downregulated because it's anticipating that you're going to do the work that it's doing by doing an hour of cardio five days a week. And your metabolism is kind of like, eh, we're going to do an hour, hour of cardio today. And we know that's going to happen. So we don't have to work so hard. So when you stop doing that cardio or when you give it a rest, your metabolism will kind of pop up and be like, oh, shoot they're not doing this cardio stuff anymore. They're not burning all these calories. Metabolism, we got to like kick up and get things going again. And then when you reintroduce cardio, you'll likely see much more benefit from it. So the, the answer to how much cardio should you be doing is in complete and total coach, personal trainer fashion. I have to say it depends, right. but uh, less is more. And by that, I don't mean like don't do it. I mean, you want to start with the least amount of cardio to elicit the greatest response because it's going to adapt. You're going to have to do more. Sometimes you might have to do less, um, but start with the least amount of cardio to elicit the greatest response. That's the general rule. I love this so much because first off, I just took a couple notes. You'll notice how Josh started off by saying some people. Mm -hmm. In addition to it depends, like it's going to be different for every single person. So let's just remember that what works for me may not work for Josh and vice versa. Um, you, you use the terminology down regulated. So that means like slowing down. And I want to point out that this same process happens when we eat. So if you start eating less, your metabolism is also going to down regulate. So you see what people most would more likely do. Okay, I'm going to add an hour, another hour of cardio and I'm going to cut my calories. So you just totally, as you just double said, down. yourself in the foot, double whammy. Yeah. You're doubling down on the down regulation. <laughs> you do not want to do that, people. <laughs> yeah. And, and there's a time and a place, right? Of course, as for everything. But if that's just what you're doing every single time, more cardio, less food, more cardio, less food, more cardio, less food. Where does, where does it end? You know, like we incorporate refeeds and we incorporate carb cycling. We incorporate all of these things to try to keep that down regulation from happening to your metabolism. But you have to have someone who understands how to implement that. Mm -hmm. And you're right. It's different for every person, mm -hmm. right? So the amount of cardio that I do and the amount of cardio you do are vastly different. Mm -hmm. And we're getting different responses from it because we're completely different people. We have completely different cells. Right. And, you know, this is also such a, a, a big question. Let's be clear on the purpose of cardiovascular exercise. The purpose of it is to really keep our heart healthy. Yes, it can help us reach our fat loss goals. But ultimately, you go for a jog because, number one, you enjoy it. And, number two, it's good for your heart health. 
when it comes to fat loss, Josh, what's the most important thing when it comes to fat loss? Calorie deficit. Yeah, calorie deficit. Nutrition. Nutrition. So, and you, we also, not only do we want to start reaching our goals while doing as little cardio as possible, but I also think we want to start reaching our goals while eating as much as possible. Yes. Because it's going to downregulate, and we are going to have to start eating less eventually again. Yes, and your food, your, your caloric intake has a massive, um, it has a massive effect on your, your performance. And when you are in a calorie deficit, you want to be able to maintain as much muscle as possible because there is nothing about running several miles or performing lots of cardio and having a ton of muscle that makes it easier to do those things. So when we're talking about your body adapting to things, there's a reason marathon runners have very little muscle mass because their bodies are like, hey, we're running several miles at a time. We don't need all this extra weight. And muscle is dense and it's expensive metabolically. So when you're in a calorie deficit, you want to keep performance high in the gym. You want to continue to try to build strength because that's what's going to tell your body that it needs that muscle. I love that. And because, you know, I don't know who listens to this, what their current exercise routine is like and goals, but you're not going to run yourself into a a tightened, toned body. Your goal, like the goal is going to drive what exercises that you do. You're not, you're not going to spin class yourself into looking like the cover of fitness magazine or whatever magazines are popular. Now you have to build the body. Like I have a general idea of what most females want when they come to me and you do not get it by going to spin class and Zumba, um, and, and running. You have to build the muscle. You're a prime example, and well, I think we both are, in that you sent me a picture of you from five years ago, yes. and the amount of muscle that you've put on to create the physique that you have right now is impressive, and when people, and when females look at you and they say, oh, I want to look like Kylie, um, I think it's important for them to understand the amount of time that it takes to not only get to the low body fat percentage, but like people don't just look like you underneath all the body fat that they have. Right. You spent years building what's underneath first. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand like bodybuilding. It yeah. Exactly what it is. Build it. You have to build it. To build it. Yeah. Bodybuilders have figured it out. Mm-hmm. I mean, other things aside, they understand you take time and you cycle through building and cutting and your nutrition yep. goals cycle for your body when it wants to grow and then you really take advantage of that when it's kind of done and your your gut's not happy with how much you've been eating and you know it may, maybe it needs a little bit of a break then you go back into a deficit and you lose weight and you listen to your body and you follow the ebbs and flows that come with it mm-hmm. and you don't fight it and you end up getting the results that you want but you need someone to help you implement that and who understands the physiological the the physiology of how it all works hundred percent and as you know just a normal person you also have to buy into that and understand okay this is a process and this is going to take time and i'm not talking just one year talking two three four five six years we've been at this for a long time but and but also that's so great because we're we're all all of us are just getting older but when it comes to body strength training i'm not saying we all need to be bodybuilders 
you're only going to get better if you stick with it. Yeah, you get out what you put in all the time. And, and when it comes to your physique, the way you look is a direct representation of the work you put in. And I wanted to touch back on something that you just said that, that really struck, stuck with me is you have to trust the process. And having a coach that you trust makes that so much easier. Because how many of you listening are going through this this internal battle and struggle of wanting to know the information, but then getting analysis paralysis about implementing it. Is it right? Am I doing the right thing? Is this going to work? Maybe I'll switch it up. I can not sticking to something long-term enough to actually see the results. Get yourself a coach and just do what they say. It's that easy. You don't even have to think about it. And that lack of stress the, the, the amount of stress that is lifted from your shoulders from just being like, I just do what my coach tells me to do is amazing. Totally worth it. Yeah, it is amazing. It's like the best investment I've ever made. Yeah. So, I like, yeah, we, we have to invest in yourself. That's for yeah. sure. Um, before we transition out of cardio and move into metabolic adaptation, even though we've actually been talking about it without people knowing, is where does HIIT training fit in versus long, you know, lower intensity, steady state. Because my ladies, they love, they love hit, right? They yeah. love Orange Theory. They yeah. love it. Where you does it fit in? You know what? why they love it? Because they sweat? <laughs> yeah, because it's hard, because they sweat, because they get this extreme cortisol response from it. And uh, newsflash, cortisol makes you feel good. Yeah. Unfortunately, right? It's a stress hormone we have to regulate cortisol and the people who are addicted to that feeling, the cortisol addiction is real, man. And like it will inhibit your progress. If all you are doing in every one of your workouts is chasing that high of that post hit cardio, post orange theory, cortisol high, um, we have to be able to manage that. And that's when, you know, like we were talking about the Revive Calm that I use um, as a cortisol management formula. That helps you get out of that cortisol spike into a sympathetic state where you can relax and your body can start to recover. Um, but I believe that it is helpful to use both high-intensity interval training and low-intensity steady state. Uh, they do work on different pathways, um, and you can cycle on and off of them. Um, where, you know, high intensity interval training, yeah, you're going to get a little bit more cortisol spike. There's going to be a little bit more stress to your, to your central nervous system. Um, and the effects will last, those fat burning effects will usually last longer. Whereas in a low intensity steady state cardio, you're burning fat and calories while you're doing the cardio. Very little happens after, uh, whereas high intensity interval training, you continue to burn a little bit after you're done, which is why the duration of those workouts is usually a lot shorter. Mm -hmm. I like low intensity steady state personally for me um, and for people who have lower levels of body fat. Because if you think of it this way, low intensity steady state, there's a spectrum uh, of where your heart rate is during cardio and the percentage of body fat to total calories that you're burning. So a low intensity steady state cardio will burn less overall calories 
than high intensity interval training, but more of those calories will be from fat. Now, when I say that, a lot of people listening might say, oh, I'm just going to do low intensity steady state. Well, it depends on where your current body fat levels are. Would you, if your current body fat levels are high or higher uh, than, than is ideal, then you would, I would rather that instead of focusing on burning fewer calories where more of them are from fat, I'd rather have you focus on burning more overall calories that we will do with high intensity interval training. That makes sense. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, do I enjoy hit? Yes, I do. I was talking to my friend Jess Allen the other day. Um, she programs functional training and some of it feels hittish. I like it because it has an athletic component to it. And I do like pushing myself in that way. But now I don't like to do a lot of those because of this very reason. I'm more worried about stressing my body out right now. Mm -hmm. I want to be in a sympathetic state. And so that's, that's my main concern. I don't want to always be in fight or flight mode because I know that's working against me big time. Yes, there is. When you're in fight or flight mode, that parasympathetic state, your body is not, it, it is not conducive to recovery. It is not conducive to rest. Um, when cortisol is high, testosterone is low. Um, and when testosterone is high, cortisol is low. So we want to try to keep cortisol properly managed. And you know, I, I was thinking of it like this the other day when your body, because your body doesn't really understand what you're doing to it. When, when you are in that parasympathetic state, when you're working out, when you're training, your body isn't just saying, oh, yeah, we're doing this workout. Your body's like, they're trying to kill me. Right. <laughs> it's, it's really in that very severe fight or flight mode. And so it, it, it's not like there's this crazy spectrum of fight or flight. It is your body is either in fight or flight, parasympathetic, or it is not. And P.S., same thing when you look at your phone first thing in the morning and you see an email or a voicemail from your boss, mm -hmm. you, that you're being chased by bears right away. Oh, and by the way, you're going to get your 6 a.m. hit workout on. I mean, you're just starting your day off in that fight or flight mode. And like you said, your body doesn't know. All it knows is it has to run as fast as it can and get away as fast as possible. Shut yep. up, all fat burning because it needs to save in itself. Yep. And cortisol is high in the morning anyway. That's why you wake up. Yeah. You know, the sun comes through your windows. It, you get that blue light from the sun and that triggers your brain to wake up. That triggers a cortisol spike to help you wake up. If you're waking up and you're also immediately looking at your phone and starting to think of, oh, I have to answer this and answer that and I have to respond to people, you're creating unnecessary stress where we want to be able to wake up, have that quick little cortisol spike to get you up, but then have it suppressed again. We want to keep cortisol at bay. I love it. Um, and before we finish talking about uh, cardio, I know you just got done doing fasted cardio. I did. Talk about fasted cardio for regular people. Not that you're not regular, but you're getting ready for a show. For, for not a competitor. Yeah, just like me, you know, like, does it matter? I'd say for regular people, you're kind of splitting hairs. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're, 
for, for competitors and for people who are already at very low levels of body fat, I, there is a benefit to doing cardio fast in the morning, especially like I, I pair mine with Yohimbean uh, from Revive, the Yohimbean HCL. I take 15 milligrams of that, um, that you have to take on an empty stomach. So it's the only time that you can take that is in the morning. And that's the other reason that I do my cardio fasted is so that I can utilize that natural fat burner. But for most people, your cardio is simply a little bit of help to get you into a little bit of a deficit. Now, like you said earlier, you're not going to run or bike yourself into a calorie deficit. The amount of calories that you expend during exercise is like the lowest amount of caloric expenditure that you experience throughout the day. You burn way more calories just like digesting your food. Yes. But it's just a little bit of help. And so whether you want to do that first thing in the morning or if you want to do that in the afternoon, then that is really a personal preference. What I will recommend for most people is that if you are going to do your cardio, especially if you have a relatively intense or long cardio session, even if it's like 20 minutes and it's more than just walking, I would recommend that you split that up to be separate from your, your weight training. Uh. And the reason for that is, is if you, if you try to do that after your weight training, definitely don't do it before because your weight, your, then your weight training is going to suffer. Mm -hmm. But even if you do your cardio after your weightlifting session, even if you think it's not affecting you, subconsciously, every single set of your weight training session, you're thinking, man, I've got to do cardio after this. I better not go too hard. I got to do cardio after this. Or you try to put that in the back of your head and not think about it and you go really hard balls to the wall and then you go to do your cardio and you're gassed and your cardio is not as effective. So one or both of them will suffer if you try to do them together. So if you can split them up personally, when all this quarantine stuff went down, I picked up a cheap elliptical and put it in my garage so I could do it in the morning because I knew that it was affecting my lifts. If I was doing it after my lifts in the afternoon. You know, and I'm glad you brought that up. I, it's so funny how I've done such a 180 from what I thought and what I used to do to what I do now, because I forget, that's a huge question that people always have too. Should I do cardio before or after I lift? Well, number one, why are you doing that cardio? And number two, after, obviously. I mean, not obviously for most people, not anymore. But yeah, you want to, you get the most bang for your buck from the lifting of the weights because what we want is that muscle mass on our body. So don't, don't sell yourself short while you're lifting. Yep. Then I never thought about the mental impact of that. Yeah, it's real. And I... Be before I got the elliptical for my house, I was doing my weightlifting sessions and then going right into my cardio. And not only was I starving because I wasn't eating for like three, four hours because my cardio was taking a long time on this other elliptical I was using at the gym. Um, but when I, when I put the elliptical in my garage and I started splitting my cardio in the morning and then my weightlifting sessions in the afternoon, I was blown away at the increased performance on both ends from both of those individual variables. And for me as a competitor, I got much better at both of those. And so that's like a, a 0.1, I'll call it 0.1% better on both of those that now, because I can split them up, I wouldn't have had before. Yeah. So I'm, I am getting better at every single variable in my pro protocol. Um, and those two splitting them up like that. And I mean, those are really important variables. I got better at them just by 
separating them. That's really cool. Yeah. Hey, you guys, I hope you're like starting to catch on. This is all basically a science experiment. And we've got the variables with the nutrition and the cardio and the sleep and water. Yeah. I don't know if water is a big thing, but um, water yeah. is a big thing. Don't yeah. say that. Water <laughs> is a very big thing. <laughs> I'm just over here drinking Diet Coke. I don't really know about water. Oh, my God. Don't, I, you know I want you at four liters a day at least. <laughs> we'll see. If I can put him with my monsters, I don't know. Oh, my God. You're right, though. It's. It's, I mean, it is all science. We, we know the formula works, okay? People, listen, we know the formula works, okay? All you have to do is follow the formula. And the more precise you are in following that formula, the more, the better your results will be and the faster they will come. If you give 50% effort and you follow 50% of the protocol, then you will get 50% results. And 50% results isn't great. I don't know the last time you guys were in school, you took a test that was like, there's red all over that test. We don't want that to happen with your fitness. Ideally, like for most of my clients, I want 90% compliance. 100%. I agree. Well, and that's, and that's the hard thing. Like people are, some people might be listening and like their head might be spinning, but if you would, it, all you have to do is be consistent with what it is you're doing. And I don't want to talk about too much about that state because we actually have a, another episode coming up on that, but just be consistent in what you're doing. I mean, so we're recording this on Saturday. Are you going to do the same thing you do on Tuesday today? Oh, I'm like a dog. I eat the same every day. I sleep the same every day. I work out the same every day. Like everything about every day is exactly the same. Uh, and that's why I'm, that's how I'm consistent. You know, how thrown off do you get when somebody, when like something in your schedule has to change and you're like, oh man, you know, I used to have this, like this meal at 11 o'clock and now I have to have it at one o'clock. And that was my pre-workout meal because now I have to work out at three. It just throws everything off. So the more consistent you can keep your life, the better your results are going to make. It's really true. And I don't, again, Josh and I could seriously talk all day, but if you notice that you're feeling out of control in your life, you need to look at that. And yeah. what I've heard a lot of people say lately to me is, oh, the day just, the day just got away from me. I just got slammed at work. I'm like, how often does that happen? So then they miss meals, Josh. They miss meals. They miss yeah. snacks. Maybe they miss a workout. I'm less concerned about missed workouts than I am missed meals. Yeah. Because then they can't hit their macros. And I'm like, this seems to happen a lot. Like, who's driving the train of your life? Yeah. You know? Yeah, you got to look in the mirror. Mm -hmm. You know, you are responsible for your success. Exactly. And, like, if you need to change something, let's change it. Yeah. And that's where we come in as coaches is I right. want to work with you. I want to understand what's going on and how can I help you create a system or an environment where it is easier for you to follow these things. And, you know, what ideas can I give you to help you hit your macros? And, you know, that's where we're here to educate and, you know, provide compassion and understanding to help people reach their goals. Yeah. And if you're, if you're working with someone that's not doing that, just consider that. Yeah. You know, if, if, if they don't care, I think our problem, you and I, is we probably care too much. Like yeah. I really care about my clients and sometimes I care. It's, it's hard to say that. Like, I feel like sometimes I care more than they do. Um, but yeah, your coach should care about you. 
Your coach should care about your success, your fitness, your well-being. Um, your coach should have your back, dude. Like, come on. They got to they gotta earn it. You got to earn it. Yeah. Metabolic adaptation. Yeah. Let's, I, will, I will dumb it down, and then bro, um, Josh will smart it up. Basically, you guys, your body adapts to what you give it. Your body adapts to everything. It adapts to the food that you give it, and it adapts to the exercise that you do. This is awesome because you get more efficient, except we do not want our metabolism to be efficient. We want our metabolism, I call it to be that, that gas guzzling big old truck that takes all the gas. You got to fill it up all the time. That's mm -hmm. what we want. So Josh, let's dive into metabolic adaptation. Let's start with our diet and why, like I mentioned earlier, why you want to start losing fat if that's your goal, eating as much as possible. Yes. So you always want to eat, be eating as much as possible before you enter a fat loss phase. And you and I have talked about this. People have to earn their fat loss phase. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody who comes to us and they're eating 1,600 calories a day and they want to lose fat, well, I'm sorry. Maybe there are some coaches out there who would help you do that immediately, but I want to fix and improve your metabolism and get you eating an uncomfortable amount of food without having gained much weight at all so that your metabolism turns from that Prius into that giant gas guzzling monster truck that needs more, 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 more fuel. So that when you're eating 2,500 to 3,000 calories a day, you can now lose weight eating a few hundred calories less than that. Most people would rather burn fat and lose weight. I can't say always say lose weight, but burn fat eating more so that they can enjoy their life. Right? There's nothing enjoy enjoyable about having to eat 1,300 calories a day and then always being on the verge of am I damaging my metabolism. So when, we, when people come to us and they, they're already on these low-calorie diets, yes, we reverse diet because your metabolism will adapt both ways, up and down. It will upregulate and downregulate. So we very slowly increase calories, and your metabolism as we slowly increase calories is kind of saying, Hey, we got a little bit more energy. Okay. We can use that energy and we can put it here towards recovery of this. And we can put some of that energy over here and it, it, it's very slow. So it knows what to do. It's not getting too much work at once. If you increase calories too fast, then your body's like, Oh, we got too much and throw some over there and we'll just take care of it later. And it turns into fat or whatever. Right? So we continue to do that really slowly. Your metabolism is running faster and faster and faster. And uh, once we get it really high, operating at very high level, then, then we can cut calories. And when we cut calories, we do it a little bit more aggressively because then your metabolism is running really fast and we give it less food and it needs to run off something. Your body needs to run off something. So it's burning fat because you're still lifting heavy weights and it's using the fat for energy and it's this really cool mechanism that works. Um, you just have to be able to be patient enough to trust the process and follow it. But yes, it will upregulate and then it will downregulate. So, you know, we'll drop those calories. Your body will start burning fat. It'll adapt to that lower caloric intake. And then you got to drop calories again. And the same thing happens. And then maybe we start incorporating refeeds to trick your body into thinking that it's getting more food. And then we take that away and it, it goes back to burning fat. And there's really all these really cool ways that we can trick your body into 
burning more fat and keep your metabolism stoked so that it continues to work, continues to burn fat, and you can continue to live a less boring life with more calories. Right. Um, yeah. I, I, I love the, the analogies because um, I think it helps people understand. So in case you're having a hard time grasping, upregulate, downregulate. Think about it like this. Okay, let's say a 1,200-calorie diet is your first job out of college, and you're making whatever you make when you come out of college these days that barely allows you to pay your rent and groceries. So you are watching every single penny that you spend. You cannot just go to Lululemon and buy a new pair of leggings. Get another job, you get a raise. That's you eating more. Let's say all of a sudden you start eating 2,300 calories a day. Now you're making, you know, three times as much what you were when you first came out of college. Now you can go out to lunch whenever you want. You can go to Lululemon whenever you want. You can spend your money more freely. Your metabolism does the same thing. It, I was listening to this book by Sam Miller. Your metabolism is a miser of your calories. It does not want to spend them if you don't have any. But when you start bringing home the big bucks, Treat yourself, and it will use them. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So also, that's where cardio comes in. So um, if you keep, you can lower your calories more and then add a cardio in. Because if you weren't doing a bunch of cardio, that cardio is actually going to be effective. Yep, exactly. If your body is not used to cardio, then it is going to see a great result from that cardio. And again, that will also adapt. You know, your body will get used to the amount of cardio that you're doing and you'll either have to increase the cardio or maybe you'll notice that your metabolism has downregulated like we alluded to earlier uh, because it expects you to do the, the cardio. So maybe you take a break from the cardio. Your metabolism spikes up again because it sees that it needs to work harder because you're not doing cardio anymore. Then you add cardio back in, starts to work again. So there's all these different variables that we're always manipulating to keep your body from understanding what's really happening. And all of it is, is directed towards keeping your metabolism running really, really fast, being that super gas guzzler truck that we were talking about. You know, I did not realize that um, your metabolism slowed down or however you just said it with, with the cardio, when you stop doing cardio, your metabolism upregulates because it now has to do the job. Yeah. It, it, they kind of go hand in hand where, yeah, if you're doing a lot of cardio and it's consistent and your metabolism will start to realize, Hey, we got this person here who's doing five hours of cardio a week and they're doing it uh, Monday through Friday. And they're like, so we kind of figured that out. As, as a metabolism, like, we don't have to work that hard because they're doing a lot of the burning for us. So once you take that away, your metabolism will kind of get a little kick and, and understand that it has to start operating a little bit faster because you're not doing the work for it anymore. It's fascinating. It's this absolutely is, fascinating. really cool. Yeah, and I hope anyone who's listening to this and they do feel they're like listening, like, oh my God, I've been eating you know, 1500 calories for years. And I've been doing all my spin classes for years. And yeah, I can't lose weight. You're, you're not broken, number one. And we do have tools that can help you 
upregulate your metabolism again. And that's the reverse diet we keep alluding to. We're not going to dive deep in that today because that's a whole other topic um, that really comes with more mental stuff, I believe, than the actual execution of it. It's easy to implement, but it's hard to stick with, at least speaking from my own personal experience. Yes. Yeah. And I, I, I like what you said there and I want to drive that home. None of you that are listening to this, that are worried about what you've been doing, none of you are broken. There is no such thing as you are broken. Your body has adapted to what you've been telling it to do. Okay. And just like you as a human adapted to quarantine, and now you're going to adapt back into the real world your body can do the same thing. It's adapted to what you've been telling it to do for the past two months, six months, year or more. We can get it to adapt back the other way. Sometimes it takes time, but just like everything in life, we will adapt. Yeah. I, I, when we talk reverse diets, we do need to talk about how it does take time. I recently started a gal on a reverse and I'm so pumped, so pumped. She was on Weight Watchers, literally eating like 800 calories a day, a grown ass woman. And, um, we've increased like twice. She's like, so how long do I do this? I'm like, settle in Sally. <laughs> we got like at least nine months here. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, sometimes it takes months and months. Sometimes it takes years. It depends on how low your metabolism has adapted to operate. But I, I do get that question a lot. And they're like, so how long is this going to last? How long are we going to keep on doing this for? Cause you know, sometimes, you know, people will have a goal, like maybe they have a wedding or something that they have to and in that case, for sure, special circumstances, we can, uh, we can, you know, maybe make some leeway. But ideally, I want to get you operating at an optimal level. And for me, at my clients, what that looks like is we're going to keep on increasing your calories until you start complaining about it. Mm -hmm. Until you're like, dude, this is a lot of food. It's like really hard for me to eat all this food. Mm -hmm. And that's when I know, okay, it's becoming uncomfortable for you to eat so much food and that's usually a lot if you're if you're complaining about that at 1700 calories you're lying so i'm not listening to you but usually that's a lot of food that's when i know we can start your fat loss phase that's when i know you drive yeah oh it's so exciting so exciting and it's like you know we don't know we didn't know this stuff we thought we needed to run and eat some salads and we would reach our goals yeah we, we, just thought, we I thought we just had to move more and eat less yep and but which you do, but it's, you know, you can't be so extreme about it. Life isn't all about extremes. Uh -huh. And honestly, it's nobody's fault either. It's not that anyone was giving you misinformation. This is like relatively new. I mean, I mean, so you, Josh is competing now. I competed six years ago or so. And what I was doing, people don't do anymore. So it's just, it's all new. Nutrition yeah. science is so young but it's also very exciting. Yeah, and it's always changing. We're always learning more. Yeah. And it's, it's not always that the science or the studies will confirm what we find with anecdotal evidence. Right. Right, and the reverse diet is kind of one of those things where it was more anecdotal before it became studied. And so people were like, well, there's not really any research backing it. And we're like, listen, we've done this so many times. We know it works. So it's not all about the science. It's not just about the studies. Studies can be biased. And we have to be able to listen to anecdotal evidence. 
And also just think about like people in general, people who don't even pay attention to this. I mean, there are people out there who don't give a shit about macros. They don't lift weights and they just go about their business, right? They are happy go lucky and it's awesome. Mm -hmm. But I bet you, I bet you they have weight fluctuations throughout the year as we all should mm -hmm. because activity levels go down in the winter. We have holidays in the wintertime, so they're eating more food in the winter, but then spring comes, they're outside, they're walking more, they're doing the more activities in their garden, and it's hotter. I don't feel like eating as much. I feel like eating more salads and fruits. It's like, we naturally do this if you're not paying attention. And this should all be cyclical. We should never just be in a fat loss. We should never just be in, I don't know, building phase or reverse diet. It's cyclical. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and, you, and that goes along with paying attention to what your body is telling you, mm -hmm. right? So when I'm in a building phase, um, I will be in that building phase until my body starts to tell me that it does not want to build anymore. What does that look like? Because I don't think a lot of people here can understand that. So for me, that will be uh, the scale will stall and the scale won't, will not go up. Um, I will start to get some gut issues. Um, like I won't digest food very well. I might be bloated or distended. Um, I'm not just not digesting well, regardless of what digest aids or anything that I'm taking. Um, and if I go back, if I just drop my calories a little bit and do like a very little, uh, deficit, I'll see weight drop off mm. instantly. And so with all of that biofeedback, um, and also, you know, things like my sleep will start to suffer, um, a whole bunch of different things that we can see in my biofeedback. We know that that building phase, if we continue to push it is not going to be conducive to good health and good quality muscle. I'll probably just be accumulating fat. And so then we listen to the body. We don't fight it. It says body starts to tell us that we're done growing. We don't really want to put on any more right now we go into a fat loss phase and we stay in that fat loss phase until we think that based on biofeedback, the body is ready to start building again. So we go back into a building phase and we go into that cyclical kind of thing that you're referring to. Um, and you know, sometimes it might follow the season. Sometimes it might not, but um, you got to listen to your body. You got to listen to what it's telling you. Well, and also this is the other question I get too. We'll talk about this when we cover when reverse diets, but you know, so when should I stop my fat loss phase? Because it's not like you've necessarily reached your goal. You may have just been chasing fat loss for too long and these metabolic adaptations have occurred. And so that's why we got to play. Is it offense or defense? We have to be proactive. Yeah, yeah. I don't know sports that well. I know we have to be proactive to make sure we don't adapt further and slow things down even more. So we'll talk about that in a reverse diet thing. But... Yeah. Also, if you're sick of being in a fat loss phase and you're not like competing for a show, then get out of it. Like, reverse so that you can stay relatively lean, you know, not as lean as you were at the peak of your fat loss phase, but like you'll stay very lean and enjoy some food and like spend some time with your friends and like enjoy things that you weren't able to enjoy when you're in such a severe deficit. See, this is why I like working with Josh because he's super social. He has friends. He does not not do things. He does things because I wanted someone, I need someone who has 
more than just, I mean, he's kind of got blinders on right now because he has a specific goal, but in real life, not competition, Josh, like he, he has a life. I guess yeah. that's what I'm trying to say. Josh has a life. I, I do stuff. I like yeah. doing stuff. Yeah. And, you know, it's not always 100% dedi- like 100% dedication to my fitness goal at all times. Although I would say I am more dedicated to my fitness goals than most. Yeah. Um, because I love it and I'm fascinated by it. But like, yeah, I go camping with my friends and I go to shows and we go to like Burning Man and we do stuff that like is not all about fitness. I like to live. I like to eat. And so, um, yeah, if you're in a fat loss phase for a really long time and you're wondering if it's time to get out or you're kind of sick of it, get out of it. There's, there's more to life than just having apps, you know, all right. the time. Yeah. <laughs> not all it's cracked up to be. I'll tell you that. No, it's, uh, but this ass totally worth it. (laughs) That is worth it. (laughs) That didn't come from a fat loss phase though. No, built it. Built it. Built by Josh. Built by Josh. (laughs) If I ever get a tattoo, that's what it will be. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Oh my God. We're getting Randy. We better change. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. So this was good. I hope you guys learned a ton. Now you guys remember, Josh is my coach, but he does online. So if you're like, this guy does know, where do I find you, Josh? How do I find you? Yes. So you can find me on Facebook at Josh Levine Fitness. You can find me on Instagram where I post a lot of educational content uh, at Josh Levine Fitness. Um, I interact more with people on, on Instagram and I want everybody who goes to my Instagram profile or every time somebody sees my post, I want them to feel something. I want them to learn something. Um, and so that's where I want to be able to engage with my people is uh, Instagram at Josh Levine Fitness. Cool. Because I mean, I know you've got spots for your online training right now. I do have spots for my online training. My in-person, I'm pretty booked up and you know, we're getting slowly back into in-person training after the quarantine thing, but I do have a lot of spots available for my online training and I want to work with more people. And I think your audience is a really great opportunity for me to be able to connect with people that I think would be really interesting to work with. So I encourage all of you, if you want to learn more, no obligation, please reach out to me. We can set up a call. And even if it's just a call where I can talk to you about your goals and make a plan of action, um, whether or not you sign up, I, I don't know if you can tell, but I'm a total nerd for this stuff. So I love talking about it. And so I would love to give you, you know, 30 minutes of my time to learn about what your goals are and how I can help you reach them. I love it. Because you guys, it all does boil down to your goal. We're not anti-running. You want to run a marathon, go run. Mm-hmm. You want to get lean and toned, lift some weights. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's not all about bodybuilding. It's not all about this. I get people who want to run long distances. I get a lot of people who come to me trying to get in shape for ski season and their knees and their legs feel better than they ever have. Um, so, you know, we understand the formula, we understand the science and we can make that for any one of your goals. You know, it doesn't just have to be about your body composition. It can be about your performance, your health, your mindset, everything. Those goals are a lot more fun, by the way, than body composition. Yeah, performance goals are pretty cool. I really <laughs> like working with people on performance goals. And they're also very noticeable and they're very rewarding. Yeah. 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 Awesome, yeah. Josh. Well, thank you so much. As usual, super educational. More than a hat rack, this guy. 
I just want to say thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Your listeners are amazing and they're lucky to have someone like you to help, you know, cut through the BS and give them good information. And you've done such a good job and, you know, I'm just honored to be a part of it. Thank you. I love you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. I'll see you soon, my friend. All right. Sounds Bye, good. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye-bye. Wow. All I can say is, wow, I loved recording this episode. As I mentioned in the beginning, if you guys have follow-up questions on this, which I'm sure you will, don't be afraid to reach out to myself or Josh. We truly love helping people and we truly have your best interest at heart. And I know there is so much information out there these days and you don't know where to begin. You don't know how to cut through the clutter. And I'm here to tell you that you don't need to because you have us. Have a wonderful day. I hope you enjoyed this episode and we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.